Hi, crew, and welcome back to the Beercast. It is your host, James Rankin. This week, I'm joined by the lovely Darina Dunn. For those of you who don't know, Darina is Jamie's wife. Um, this is the first time myself and Darina really sat down and had a proper chat, and I have to say I really, really loved it. We got into how she's a family-first kind of gal, how she holds her own in a male-dominated corporate world, as well as her relationship with CrossFit Beer and her role within the Filthy 150. Before we do get into the episode this week, guys, I only have one announcement for you, and that is simply about our programming for the upcoming week. We do have a very cool week of workouts coming starting Monday the 11th of October, so keep your eyes peeled on our social media for that. Without further ado, crew, enjoy the show. If it's important to someone I love, it's important to me. Um, and then if uh, I don't know how I intrinsically decide what I what's important to me um, but it's it's generally around my relationships yeah um, you know I'm not like there's certain things I like but I like I wouldn't be dying for particular things or I wouldn't want to look a particular way Monday to Friday. Yeah. But if I'm working, I have a big meeting, I'd be particular about that. Right. Um, if I um, if I really wanted something, I'd be particular and I'd save for it. And when I was ready, when I felt I deserved it, I'd buy it. You get it. Yeah. Would you be quite good at like delayed gratification then? Just kind of going, I want that, but I'm not ready for it. Or I don't need it, or I don't deserve it yet. So you'll put it off and no, put it off? Um, or no? No, no, no. No, 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 no. It depends. For people like... And this makes me sound like such a, you know, I'm really nice. I'm not. For the people I care about, um, my family and Jamie, um, if they want something and I can afford it, they will have it instantaneously. Yeah. Um, I might even preempt <laughs> the want for it. Um, for myself, I'm not really into things. Yeah. Um, so I I would tend to buy things when I, when yeah. I deserve it. I don't get a lot of gratification from things, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get a lot from... My family. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise you were so family oriented. Like, Jamie was telling me about, a bit about your family at the weekend, and then you had mentioned it the other day. I didn't realise you were. It's just not something you, you obviously bring up all the time, but I didn't realise you were so close with some of your family. Uh, they mean more to me than anything. Yeah, that's um, awesome. In, uh, like, if you ask me what my overall goal, objective, what I want to do in life yeah. is fundamentally make sure that my family never need anything yeah that they can come to me for anything that they never have to worry and that's the only thing i want now maybe my expectations of what they want it doesn't align with theirs uh because i i think in my younger brother marcus you know um i probably pushed my expectations onto him yeah you know um rightly or wrongly you know um but like I definitely would, if I say when I'm happiest, is when I'm doing things with or for my family. Wow. You know, it means more to me than anything. And I think that the only real, for me anyway, the, the real, real meaning for relationships, like I would have had a few boyfriends in my time, um, a couple <laughs> of fiancés. And, um, and even when I first met Jamie, I never thought I'd love someone the same way as I love my family. Yeah. Um, you know, I love the way you talk about him. Who, Jamie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the way you call him sexy coming in the door there as well. <laughs> um, I'd say now, how long have you worked here? Four months. Have you have you ever heard me say that to him before? No, that was no. completely out of context. This, <laughs> this is James Crazy. 
creating a narrative. Stop because of the no, microphone. No, 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 they're just James creating a narrative, you know. Um, I'm going to trim all this out. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I, I, I uh, by... No, but the way you talk to him and about him, it, like it's so obvious. Well, he's the best thing that fundamentally ever happened to me mm. by a country mile. Mm. I would be quite honest um, in saying that before I met Jamie, I was an arsehole. Yeah. I know, a complete arsehole. Um, I would have defined myself by the things I had. I lived in Malahide because it was Malahide, <laughs> yeah, not because, because of the title or the status associated yeah. with it. Um, you know, I would have got my nails done every Thursday, my tan every Thursday evening, wow. out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Um, completely different person. I see. I just can't picture that with you at all. Yeah. Not that that you don't. Take pride in things. No, I don't. I look like I'm dragged through a hedge (laughs) Monday to Friday, but that's fine. Um, But no, I, yeah, I was very different, and uh, I was, you know, I took back some of the things I like. We often talk about um, one or two of the things that I I said in passing when I first met him, and I just cringe. Really, I think that I was such an arse, you know. um, So he's definitely made me a better person. That's unreal. You know, he'd say the same thing about you. I sure. Know that. I don't know about that, but um, uh, it's it, it, it's the way he reads people, um, it's and he actually cares. Like, do you know, 100%. James? I probably say to you every day, "How are you?" Yeah. Probably don't even listen to your answer, and I like, do you know what I mean? No. Where she stops every time. Yeah, yeah. Or he will actually, and then he'd come home and say to me, "James wasn't himself today." You know, I wonder, or and he'll yeah. ask you the next day. You know, um, so he it genuinely does. So in tune with that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and for me, when I first met him, apart from being an arsehole, um, I had lost my father when I was very young. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of responsibilities. I, you know, in that. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I actually grieved for my dad until I met Jamie. Really. And and that's like Jesus. Well, how long was my dad dead when I met Jamie? Twelve. So long Thirteen you... years. Wow. How long are you two together? <laughs> His version or my version. Um, <laughs> in my head, we're together about 13 years, but really we're together 12. Like, yeah. I, and everyone in the gym would know the story, you know. Um, I won't share it here, but there was a lot of stalking. Um, <laughs> like, he really didn't have an option to go out with me or not go out with me. Um, I just eventually wore him down. I yeah. asked that man out maybe 20 times. No way. Yeah. Um, Stop. Yeah, and I did get to the stage at the end where it was getting embarrassing. Where I thought, okay, maybe I just have to let it go, um, and uh, eventually <laughs> there was no real hit. Yeah, literally. Um, and we went out of a. Was it, uh, he texted me on New Year's Eve, and we went out the following day. He was a couple of hours late for the the date, and idiot waited on him. Um, but anyway, then we met the next day, and we went snowing, and. We went for a drive and together. Rest is history. As they say, yeah. Deadly. Mm-hmm. So in, let's kind of circle round a little bit now. You're in the gym here a lot. Mm-hmm. What's your role here? Well, I'm in the gym a lot because I now I'm not travelling. Yeah. Um, I like to come here just for contact. Like prior to COVID, I would have been out of the country maybe three to four days a week. Uh, really? Yeah, I used to try, like I'd leave, I'd be in Hamburg at least once a week yeah. and then I'd be um, doing an international or a transatlantic um, 
are uh, at, at least once every two to three weeks. Yeah. Like the last flight I had before I landed, before COVID was Taiwan. Um, and I remember getting off of just being exhausted and I was sick of this. So when COVID hit, I was delighted. Yeah. Um, but quickly I, I really started to miss people because I'm quite a social person. Yeah. And uh, so I'd come here to do my day job. Um, and in terms of the gym, like, I think people think I do a lot more than I actually do. Um, <laughs> because I sit in the office, I, I'm more a sounding board for Jamie. Yeah. Um, he would come to me with the ideas he has and ask for my feedback. Um, I've managed relatively big teams um, all over the world. So I, I would have a lot of experience in that kind of dynamics. Um, so he asked me about stuff like that. But in terms of day-to-day -day operations, um, very little. Yeah. Um, in terms of the strategic overall approach, um, I'd say Jamie would discuss them with me, but... He, he makes the decisions um, yeah. he decide he has a vision for but the place yeah you'd be kind of different to him so you'd bring a different perspective on stuff anyway well I, I'd say Jamie Jamie is very much more focused on the excellence the quality the service um, whereas I'd be more focused on you know the the margin the bottom line yeah. um, you know so I, I, I think those conversations probably meet in the middle somewhere yeah, if that I makes think. sense Um you know, uh, it's because I work for a company that's owned by shareholders yeah. and the uh, EBITDA or the dividends are, are the domain driver. Yeah. Um, I probably have too skewed of a slant one way, you know, so um, that, that balance. That's probably what he needs as well. I sometimes. wouldn't say so. Um, how would I put it? Like, um, Sometimes I think his selflessness comes in, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but overall, as I said, I'm more just a sounding board yeah. um, and we disagree on a lot. Um, we agree on a lot and then he decides. I, I think that's hard. We have to, like, we we did have to work on that as a couple is um, if I felt very strongly about something, I keep nagging about it. Yeah. Um, and it's his decision to make. and. You know, I'd be annoyed then when he wouldn't didn't take my decision. You know, why well, ask if you're not yeah, going? Yeah, yeah. You know, so we did. Uh, that was especially in the early years. You know, yeah. when it was just the two of us, um, it was uh, it was hard to find that balance. But uh, we found it. Do you never think about getting into coaching? No interest in it. Well, I would or do a lot of it? when I say coaching. Um, I would mentor a lot of people in my day job. Yeah. Um, like we have a you know development program and work where you know you you take people under your wing for better better words and uh, you work with them in in that regard. So I would do a lot of that. Um, I would have organised um, a lot of the European and global sales meetings for Merck. Um, and as a result, there would be always some sort of personal coaching element in that. Um, like the last big one we have we had was realizing your potential. That was the the, the catchphrase or the the tagline for the event and. Um, I would have brought an awful lot of what Jamie would do here into yeah. the gym. So I would have got people that he recommended to be keynote speakers. One of them uh, being Stephen Barrett um, to talk about nutrition and um, activated charcoal and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. We had uh, Christopher and Jamie do some mobility training for the, for the, the global teams. Um, I'm working now with, with Whoop in terms of um, or KGA. So, like, I, in terms of coaching, um, I would do 
quite a bit of it. A lot of it I would rob from here. Yeah. Um, like uh, in fairness, if anyone from here had been at it, realizing your potential um, sales meeting um, in Rome, it was a lot of the breakout sessions were based on stuff that really? Jamie had Jamie done here. Does, yeah. So I just robbed them. Um, like we had a, I had a bit of a crisis in, in organizing that. I was over in Manchester and I was sitting with the, the project team and like they were coming up with the stupidest ideas. <laughs> Do you know, like I was suicidal and like at one stage we were getting that desperate, we're doing, we teach people how to do make mocktails. This is how desperate we were getting, wow. you know. And, and the problem with these kind of things is you've, you've got really big budgets. Yeah. So what normally happens is you end up just getting some idiot to do that, you know, some keynote star speaker to do um, some sort of something and you pay them stupid money, but there's no real relevance or there's no actionable take-homes yeah. or there's no connection between the people in front of them and them you know so it, it made no sense so I rang Jamie uh, this is obviously pre-COVID and I said I can't this is just I can't do this this yeah. is a can I don't know what I'm going to do thousands of people coming la 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 so he flew over to me um, and uh, so during one of the nights we stayed up all night um, we put together the plan he flew home the next because you know Manchester Airport is right beside yeah. Dalby. He flew home and uh, I went in and went, I had an epiphany. <laughs> 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 what are <you> doing? <laughs> he even had a furnace too. You know that video, um, the video with the wolves, how wolves, what was it called? How wolves change landscapes. Right. It's about a pack of wolves that went into Yellowstone Park and because of their collective effort. I know the story, yeah. yeah. So there was a, a short David Attenborough clip about that, and that's how we opened the meeting. So in normally sales meetings, it's just someone comes out and they clap and they talk about it. We talk about our, you know, our CEO or chief of staff or um, comes out and all the lights come up and they clap. But we started this meeting that was completely dark and all you could hear was wolves howl. And we played that video and then I come out and talked about, you know. Deadly. So it just felt like an event, like, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but if anyone asks, and I hope no one hears this from from uh, <laughs> Merck um, it was all my idea, yeah, it was uh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> so with event stuff like you, you obviously are part of big ones with your job but then you run or what's your with Filthy 150 what's your role in that then so one uh, of the biggest competitions in Europe world there we go uh, yeah. um, it was yeah. deadly I, I loved Filthy well, yeah, that last one yeah um, we weren't happy with it but that's a whole other podcast um, <laughs> what do we do I, I like my title is commercial director, um, but which basically means I'm responsible for making sure we have the, the money to run the event. Um, but the the real thing I do is relationships, um, in the sense that I get the connections and the relationships with the athletes so they want to come to our event. Yeah. Um, I make and maintain the relationships with our sponsors, so we have more money than other events to put on a really big show. Um, anyone who says you make money from events is lying Um, because they they just aren't a money making enterprise it's definitely a a labour of love you know people wouldn't realise to put on the Filthy 150 in 2019 cost a gust of 400,000 well 362,000 to be exact Um, (laughs) do you know that's burnt into your memory there is it it was hard fought it's Mm. hard found CrossFit don't give you any money you pay them yeah Um, you know, you uh, like the live stream is sixty grand. The no, the live stream was a particular type of live stream. We could have went for a cheaper version, but 
it uh, it wouldn't have been as good a quality and yeah. like you said there a moment ago um biggest event in Europe and I scowled at you as yeah. if to say hold on a second here um you know we had and probably will still have after this uh, post covid event aspirations to be a top tier event yeah. you know um because there's no real reason to do it if you don't. We want to be the best. Yeah, and we've done, you know, local events and we've enjoyed them. And, you know, and that's like it'll always be at the heart of community event. It'll always be the Irish driving it. And, and that's what was really great about this year. The vast majority of the people on the floor, um, whether it be roles of authority or whether it be, um, you know, cleaning up, no matter what, we're us, we're Irish. Yeah. We're was very much an Irish event. Uh, but our community we deserve in my opinion to be up there with any of them and um, mm. you know we've got great athletes we've got a, a great community and uh, I think we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't try and keep pushing um, and I know from the nature of Jamie I know myself and um, I know how busy we are with other things unless we can do something that we're very proud of and yeah. um, it's not worth your while no um, you know, and it's daunting. Jesus, that weekend of the filthy was the hardest weekend of my life. Not because of, not because of the actual work, but there were so many things out of your control. We'd never done a lot of the things before, like the live stream, the, the, the top tier elite athletes. So you were really learning in front of the eyes of the world. Yeah. Like over that weekend, we had nearly a million people watch the event. 900,000 online, you know. It's a lot of people to watch you fail. Yeah. You know, um, granted we didn't um but that pressure of have we forgotten something that yeah. might be so simple but yet but could stop the show on effect yeah. Yeah. Wow. how did you you were obviously part of the decision of going from an irish event to a crossfit like global event hmm. why did you want to how did that decision come about um i think uh, twofold it came it first started um when everything happened with alan fitz um it became very apparent that if we wanted to do the filthy 150 um that we wanted to make it different than had it been in the past we wanted to elevate it every year you know yeah um and then it you know so that spurred us on um and then I think, you know, once we started to build it, it became apparent that this ecosystem was quite easy to penetrate um, and that we could do something here. And then obviously Greg changed the rules and decided that he wanted to have, you know, sanctionals and, and then that worked. And then semi-final for us, um, obviously we were completely locked down. They couldn't even consider us. Yeah. Um, and we won't talk about next year because I'm not in a position to share anything yet. But you know, we're. we're Would you have wanted to be a semi final? Um, if you weren't locked down? I'm going to tell you. What we had planned for November that couldn't go ahead um, was really, really exciting. Yeah. Um, we were very lucky to have the support of CrossFit in doing it because we came to them with a, a new idea, a new concept for the sport. And I thought we'd get pushback um, from from Dave and we didn't in fact he said go ahead do it um, we were very lucky to get the sponsorship money that we would need to have a £100,000 prize pot to attract the, the big athletes um, you know we had all the sponsors lined up um, and 
I won't this I won't divulge the concept here yeah. because we may do it again at another time um, and I, I do personally think it's really strong but it would have been brilliant yeah. so if you're asking me would I want to run our November event that we had planned or the semi-final um, pick your event yeah because we like the semi-final won't be very different than 2019 yeah it's the same thing yeah whereas this was very very different and I was like you know we had and in fairness there was a lot of people who helped us um, in terms of getting to that um, because we had to rely very heavily on some agents um, to get the alignment with the athletes we yeah. had to rely on a lot of camps you know so we had um, we this although the idea and concept was Jamie's and um, the bringing this together because it felt like it was something new and had a lot of energy and um, had lots of stakeholders and uh, but unfortunately COVID had different plans yeah. you know when do you think you'll get going again? Um, well <laughs> you don't have to divulge if it's there will be an event in 2022 Woo! that's when we're in the corner isn't it it is um, and we're in discussions with, with CrossFit about what that looks like now deadly how do you you strike me as the type of person that doesn't you don't put anyone on a pedestal like if you needed to talk to Dave Castro you're just like it's just fucking Dave Castro or if you needed to talk to the president, you just, yeah, it's the president. You don't get, do you get stage fright or get nervous about talking to people who, who have like a, a reputation or? Um, I'm from a very working class background. So right. um, culturally I get very nervous. So if we're going to like in work, you know, we would go to very expensive restaurants and like I would hate someone to ask me to choose the wine. Um, so st- environments like that, which are not necessarily my comfort zone, yeah. like cultural events um, around food and drink, um, I struggle with. Um, and even though it's something I do on a regular basis, it's still not, I have a go-to that I that I choose because I know it's good. Do you know, I don't, yeah. I, I don't have an appreciation of that and I have no interest in it um, because it's not something that I value. Yeah. And maybe that's rude, it, it's important to other people, but it isn't to me, so yeah. I don't like, like like eggy bread just one example we were in a a chateau in in France and we went to a three star Michelin restaurant and it was with my my boss and really nice for him to take us out for this meal and it was great you know but like every course took forever but the thing that really annoyed me was eggy bread (laughs) it came out as one of the courses now it was egg and soldiers I don't care if the egg was done at 65 degrees for six and a half hours or something do you know what I mean seriously do you know what I mean it's eggy bread eggy bread you know, um, so those kind of things make me uncomfortable. Um, science makes me uncomfortable, even though I've worked. Science. I've worked in that industry for a very long time, but I'm a really bad. I'm a really, really bad scientist. Really bad chemist. Wow. Um, so like business and that kind of setting and work really like. But people assume science. Science is so broad, and the the portfolio I manage um is uh, amidites, you know, DNA right. and RNA. And it's very specific, very scientific, you know. And there's people who know more than I, like they will have forgotten more than I'll ever know. Yeah. Than I, they report into me and they come to me with these, you know, complex um, scientific problems. Like, like I'm just <laughs> nodding along, you know. Um, so that kind of, yeah. but meeting people know um, the position they have. by, f- And maybe I've learned this or I don't know, may, again, maybe this may deal to the working class background. I always had that, well, you know, fuck you kind of attitude. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, 
I don't respect people because of their authority. I respect them because of how they treat they me are, and others. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm not nervous of other people in general. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. In a business setting or a setting that I'm comfortable at CrossFit or whatever, um, I'll kick open that door and be very happy. Yeah. Um, but Class. In, a, in a scientific setting where you would expect that I've worked in that industry yeah, for 20 years. It's less comfortable. Unless we're, if we're talking about a specific type of science. If yeah. we're in the business realm, you're asking me about our balance sheet um, and you know our KPIs, let's do this. But if you're asking me anything that's, down in the deep about science and um, no yeah and i like i like i genuinely don't know anything in the sense of like there's a table quiz and there's a science right i feel i have to go to the toilet because people will look to me for an answer <laughs> it is not happening so yeah um i'm that's and i often you know and jamie has often said to me why don't you move to a different industry because yeah. your skills are transferable and i don't know i just uh, i i you know it's um comfortable where you are Comfortable, probably. I've had a lot of opportunities yeah. there, and um, like a lot of people, they they pay very very well, yeah. you know. So you just stay. Yeah. Wow. So I'm a coward. Is the answer? Yeah, not at all. That's deadly. Um, let's talk about training. I'm probably built correctly for CrossFit. I'm yeah. small. I've short limbs. I only have to look at a barbell and I build muscle. Yeah. Um, like I build muscle very quickly, and. It's so warm. Um, so I was okay at CrossFit, you know, yeah. um, and I became relatively good over a short period of time. So when Jamie first opened um, as an official CrossFit, and we started to go to competitions and stuff and doing the Open in, in yeah. 2012, 2013, um, I would have been one of the better CrossFitters. Um, but that's better in a very, very small pill. Yeah. Um, you know, and even here at Bua, um I would have been one of the, the, the better athletes for yeah. a while. You know, I would have been one of the first to get muscle ups and la 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 la. But that was a, a long time ago. Yeah. Um, How many muscle ups could you do? I, I suppose I could string maybe, God, three or four. But that, yeah. but at the time, that was. That was huge, yeah. yeah. Like, lads getting three or four was probably pretty good. Oh, and I just, just want to clarify that was very bar and ring. Oh, and so let's let no, and I know I just can't really no. Huh. Mm. Class. No, just. I love seeing you train. I don't know. I, I do enjoy it, and I yeah. have met. But I, I then I did. I went from doing training every day. You know, ran a couple of marathons. La la la. Um, I bet Gillian Campbell, if she listens to this, is wondering when I'll get the fact that I ran a marathon into the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I uh, I went from training a lot and, you know, being part of that tight-knit competitor group yeah. um, to not training whatsoever. Why? Why? A um, couple of things happened. I got more heavily involved with the Filthy 150 um, when all that crap happened. Um, and that started to take up bandwidth. Yeah. Um, and then I changed internally f- in work um, from a European to a global role. So whereas before I would always just have been traveling across Europe, now I was going to, you know, Asia um, and to North America on quite a regular basis. And that takes a toll on you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, um, I kind of just became less of a priority because I wasn't around as much. Did that um, bother you? Yeah, um, because I defined myself a lot by my um, my strength, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, and you asked about the confidence of walking into a room mm. and meeting people. 
you know, in the day job, um, the vast majority of people that I would engage with would be middle-aged men who came from, you know, in a lot of instances, quite privileged backgrounds, yeah. um, especially in the leadership team. Um, you do see uh, you do see some sort of... You see a type of avatar. You see an avatar of a person, yeah. don't you? They're um, all the same. Yeah, and they... Um, you know, a lot of them come from, I believe, colleges, etc. you know. Uh, and, you know, that doesn't bother me. Um, but the differentiator for me always was my strength. Yeah. Um, and when I say my strength, it was how I physically look strong. Like, you can have a better watch than me. Yeah. You can have a, a nicer Mont Blanc, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But if I walk into that room and I have... For me, anyway, mentally it made me feel good. If I walk into the room and I have really strong arms, yeah. like um, a six-pack, you can't yeah. buy that. Like a physical present. Yeah. yeah. And I intentionally would have dressed so you could notice that. Like my, 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 I, I have, this makes me sound ridiculous, but all of my work dresses are the same. Um, I would go down to LK Bennett and buy five dresses um, just in different colours. Yeah. Um, get them dry, and all of my dresses each year would be the same. Um they would all have cut out sleeves so it would be very obvious that Sleeve I trained hard. Yeah. Um, they would all be very tight so it would be very obvious I trained hard. It's that hard. thing, it's, it's that transference thing that we talk about in here all the time. It's like you clearly work hard in one area and I don't take shit in this other area either. Like yeah. I work hard here too. And that's the definition. Yeah. That really is. It's like um, I am hard working in every aspect of my life yeah. and uh, if you're going to take me on because like, yeah. like, you know it is quite it is very competitive in terms of you know promotions when you get to a certain level Definitely. if you if you want to if you, if you want to have a presence you can have it in a number of ways and yeah. the way that i like to do it is to be devalued as jamie jamie really talks about is that that hard work and um and you know having the confidence to go in and say okay i may be five foot nothing you know um, <laughs> but you aren't going to ignore me yeah. i may be the only female in the room but you definitely aren't going to ignore me and um and again, I would intentionally buy bright colours um, from a work clothes because most of the, the people that would work would choose to go grey or navy yeah. or black and um, all of my work dresses would be Class. bright. Which is very different because yeah. I, I do use, like, I, I, should, I make no effort day to day um, and I haven't in the last two years. But uh, <laughs> I haven't put on... Like, Join the club. But uh, <laughs> it does make you feel... Um, yeah. Like, I don't think people get that and I of, often say that in work um, the confidence that being physically fit gives you different level oh. so how did you deal with that then whenever whenever your training started to take a back seat you weren't as physically no I did no training like I stopped I didn't do anything did you yeah so how did that make you feel oh crap in your work um, well you know I think maybe COVID helped this you see I could kind of I always ate well, so I could kind of keep the, yeah. and I would keep the facade. Like in work, people would think that I was still training. Now I have done this in the past; it makes me seem like such an idiot. Like just, I don't. I have come down, which I had thrown water on myself and just walked through the breakfast room. I've <laughs> <laughs> gone back to my because I have this reputation of being up really early and work to do my fitness. Class. Um, no, it makes me sound like such a. Oh. But anyway, so yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> I, uh, Jesus, I'm going to have to not let you put we'll this We'll trim in. all of this. Uh, yeah, you yeah, liar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so, I, um, I, uh, you could hide that for a long yeah. time. And, uh, 
especially with meetings in Zoom, it's a different thing. Um, and I had about, I'd say at least 157 comebacks. Um, I'd come back and I'd, like an idiot, I'd make these big statements. I'm coming back, now that's it. And I'd do two days and I'd be off again somewhere. And I, like, I have to be honest, I was really nervous coming back. Yeah. Um, not, not, it's very hard going from being okay at something or relatively good at something yeah. um, to coming back and being last. And I knew I was going to be last. Um, and and you know it's not going to be a priority again the way it was. Well, no, it's not even that. Um, it's more a case of... Now, no one else noticed. And in fairness um, to Campbell's and Katrina Mills, you know, uh, and particularly Katrina Mills, she came over to me one of the first nights I was there um and she said to me, I'm very proud of you for coming back. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to give her a big hug because it meant the world. Because yeah. I think in that she recognised how difficult it was for me to come back in here. Yeah. I didn't know the people. CrossFit Boot is a very big gym now. Yeah. It has an, a lot of members. So I would have a, people coming over to me, oh, have you just started? Uh, and I didn't want to be an arsehole and go... It's fucking mine. No, it's not, <laughs> not mine, but I'm, I'm married to Jamie, yeah. you know? Um, so I didn't... Uh, but sure, sure, we're back now for yeah. comeback. What is it, 100? Uh, well, you well you're really consistent now. Yeah, since COVID, I have done... Since COVID, I have uh, I haven't I, I do Monday to Friday every every um, every day. I haven't yeah. missed anything. Uh, well, I haven't been travelling apart from I went to the games, um, but apart from that, I haven't I haven't been travelling. Um, so yeah, I, I'm consistent. Yeah. I'm doing Monday to Friday. I'm way off the mark, but I'm pushing hard. I'm trying. Yeah. Um, so what's the goal now? In terms of training, training, yeah. Um, I just want to be able to walk in the room and kick open the door yeah that's you know what I mean I just maybe you kick open the door and then walk in the room <laughs> but um, uh, it, I just want to feel comfortable in my own skin yeah. I just want to feel like I represent who I am do you know what I mean Um, and that sounds stupid but even walking around super value if I feel fit and me and my clothes are okay I'm in good form do you yeah. know what I mean Um, back to me being a Arrogant mm. and vain, um, but no, I think that's super important that people don't talk about it. like performance. I think performance. In one of the podcasts with Jamie, we spoke about how performance is what we talk about here, and it's not about getting the six pack or having the bulging biceps and stuff. But that stuff comes along with high performance, mm. and being able to deadlift or do muscle ups in and of itself isn't. It, it gives you confidence in the moment. But it's being able to do all that stuff all the time and how that makes you look and feel that then gives you the confidence, like you say, to fucking walk around super value and go, do you know what? I'm not going to put a jumper on to walk in. I'm in my... Oh, no, I'd have my jumper on. I'd be covered from head to toe. I like. But you're just... I'm com- uncomfortable in myself. Like, yeah. I know, Jesus. Um, I, I actually have to take vitamin D because no part of the sun is ever, ex- you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, or no part of my body is ever exposed to the sun. But I am... Um, it's an internal thing. Yeah. It's not. It's not for other people to notice. In work, I do show my arms because I think that yeah, signifies certain things for me. But in day to day, I'll choose that. I'm always. It's not for other people. It's for me. Yeah. It's that. I ha. I. I. Uh, it gives me a differentiation. Yeah. You know, if you meet someone you went to school with, you mm. know, and um, you think, okay. I'm doing okay. Yeah. You know, um, so, it, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so it, to keep feeling okay. And the friendship thing is really important. Um, like, as I said, I work here because 
I love being around the people that are here, yeah. you know, um, even if it's only a, a slagging or a two minute chat, it's the difference it makes to your, your mood. Day, yeah. Like when I was working at home all the time and seeing no one, like it, I could have a row or any piece of equipment I want at home. Yeah. In fairness, most sponsors I could ring and they'd send me something if I yeah. want, do you know that kind of way? Um, but it's not the same, yeah, you know, um, the, the relationships, the laugh, you know, when we go to NACE this weekend and yep. I think there's 110 or 120 people signed up to do the, the, the class and oh, the two classes. And now I will be in the absolute element. Yeah. Do you you're, know what I mean? You're a real social butterfly. Like yeah, I yeah. will be yippity yappity. Now I'll probably not even do the workout. I'll be yippity yappity. <laughs> I'll be having a coffee, a crispy bun and I love every minute of yeah, it. And that would be better for me than a night out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yip yapping and having That'll a laugh. Just get you going again. Yeah, and making sure everyone's okay. Because it's like they're coming to our house. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like. That's class. That's a great way to say it. You know, it's like, okay, we'll be visitors, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, I love it. Um, but you know. So, what's on the horizon for Dorina then? Um, With. Well, you kind of hinted at the filthy stuff. Hmm. Do you think you'll ever play more of a part in Bua? Would you. Like. I kind of hinted at it earlier. But, like, would you never do any. On the floor gym coaching, no? Um, I I don't read movement well. Oh. Um, as my husband was pointed out to you, I don't get it, would be what he would say. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like, I'm sure I, yeah, I could do it. Are you interested in it? No. No. Um, no. I think that's more important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, like, I think, you know, you can do an L1, you can do a course, and, yeah. you know, and... Uh, and I think this ties into a lot of Jamie's hiring policies. Yeah. But you can have all the qualifications in the world and just not get it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because passing an exam or even getting by in gyms, you know, yeah. um, especially uh, different types of programming. I remember having a, a part barber, uh, yeah. you know, the, the guy, I can't yeah, he remember. He gives it the games years ago, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, but he, he it does a lot of programming for RPM. Now they've just bought his programming arm and I can't think of it. And we were sitting in a camper van at the games talking and they were talking about the, you know, the, the new ham plan that CrossFit are doing. Yeah. And, you know, how will it be successful and la la la. And uh, I quite controversially said that I'm not sure that CrossFit coaches have the skill set to deliver a CrossFit class. And uh, his nose was quite put out of joint. He said, what do you mean? Because he's been part of the training team for years. I said, I fear that most gyms don't do the CrossFit era because it's just a one class and you have to know the movements very well to be able to teach it for the hour. Yeah. That's why people put strength in and, and they said, no, no, they put that in because they thought it was a better way of training. And no, they don't know how to fill the hour. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, and I, you're could be, I could be completely wrong because I don't know coaching, but I've been mm. to a lot of gyms. Yeah, and, and, I and, 100% agree with you. And I think it's that skill set gap. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't be able to fill that skill set gap. Yeah. So if I was a coach, even if I had loads of training, I don't get movement. So I wouldn't be able to have the eye to... Refine it a step further. Yeah. Or be able to offer the value that justifies yeah. the money that we charge. You know? Um, so, like, I think I'd enjoy being, you know... Part of the team. Yeah, I'd enjoy being up on the... the but in, in terms of coaching, I, I don't... <laughs> on the floor in front of 36 people. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people, like... Uh, like I that's see, a limiting factor for a lot of people huh they don't Being like scared. it yeah but you see there's other people that's everything they live for yeah. you know what I mean and, and like and when I be honest and saying you like a bit of attention yourself James you know so that's a, that's a big part of it and you yeah. can see it you know you come alive when you're on yeah. the floor you know um, 
and there's different types of coaching styles so I don't think I have the I don't think I have the ability to be a good coach um, and you know Jamie always says to me um, he hires the right people not the right coaches in the sense that yeah. in most instances he can he can train people to be a you know a good coach but not necessarily a good person you know so I'm not sure he'd even hire me he knows me <laughs> so um, he probably wouldn't hire me um, but in terms of the growth of BUA and where it's going Jamie has an overall strategy I know what yeah. his plans are. They're probably about two years behind where he wants to be because yeah. of COVID. Uh, like opening NACE, you know, probably is about a year and a half behind the start of the process yeah. because he started looking probably January two years ago um, where we'll be our, and built out a plan, um, which I know he shared with you and the rest yeah. of the team and teams of where, he, where he's going. Um, and if it gets that big, um, you know, it sounds it, like it's really interesting, exciting, and I love being part of it, but uh, I don't have the right skill set. You know, I don't know your industry the way you know it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I can give a different slant, but... I think that's really important, though. Yeah, um, but I don't know it like you do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I wouldn't be the right person to be part of that because I. Uh, you really want to hire people that are experts in that field or want to grow into experts in that field. Yeah. And I just... It's, it's not I don't yeah. understand movement enough and I when I hear Jamie talk and I see him programming every uh, every Sunday at home and you know he programs for the week yeah. records all the videos gives all the training notes to coaches like he's doing the workouts in his head to feel the stimulus to yeah. make sure and like it takes him hours and then he'll go back and refine it and you know and he's doing this for years I don't understand how he just doesn't just write a program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 20, 30, yeah, you know, 25 reps. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> um, you know, whereas, you know, I think you have to understand movement, yeah. really care and recognise value. Hmm. Like, what value? Like, like, I remember James talking me through the thing he does, and I now do it with my team, actually, in terms of when they go to sales meeting, what they've achieved, you know, the the class review process you you guys do have have people left with and um, learning something new have people had fun I, yeah um, yeah I robbed that for my, my teams in terms of their their measurables out after sales meetings or technical calls oh. and um, works really well actually but um, I don't know I look at all those points that you guys strive and I don't have the abilities to do that. So I think the business side maybe, but yeah. the the, the, the mm. offering value to people, I don't think I, I can, you know, um, and it's just people far better suited to it than yeah. yeah. Where does your self awareness come from? I like you're kind of frowning at me a little bit here, but everything you've said and every conversation I've had with you, you have a huge level of self awareness. Like you know what you value, mm-hmm. you know what you're good at what you're less good at yeah. and you don't really give a fuck about the stuff that you're not that good at true yeah but like other people don't have that you have to remember I've been married to um, like probably in my mind the smartest man I've ever met in 13 yeah. years and I've definitely become more self-aware through that through that you know um, because <laughs> no like as I said I was yeah. an arsehole um, so I wouldn't have had that level of self-awareness and I'm sure as a a junior employee, I was a nightmare because at 20, 25, I thought I should have been running Sigma. 
Do you know, I had no awareness of my yeah. current capabilities and, and what I still, my gaps and my miss, you know. Um, and so, like, myself and Jamie's relationship is very, very open um, in the sense that uh, if, I, if I'm doing something or in the past, especially when I was being an arsehole, he would highlight that in a, in a way that I could hear it. Right. You know, he wouldn't criticise me he criticised the behaviour, if that may, or highlight the behaviour, for example. Um, you know, and, um, and I'd be annoyed with myself because I'm better than that. Mm. And then when I, you know... Um, then you see it the next time and you're like, oh. Yeah, and, and that's why in some ways I regret, not regret, we decided not that we weren't going to have kids. Um, and then I often think he would have been... Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do you know, because, you know, like you can see it, even um, with my nieces and nephews. You know, um, if I have if they're having problems, I go to. What do you think I should say? Well, you know that kind yeah. of. Um, so he w- he would have been. Yeah. I know he doesn't want to be, but he definitely um, would have been. been. So I think yeah. the awareness comes from that. And then, like I have a very close relationship with my family. You know, um, and they're they're very open. Um, like very like especially my youngest brother Marcus. Um, like we are really really close, and uh, you know he'd. We, we talk a lot does yeah. that make sense yeah. like even myself and Jamie at home we don't have a telly and people find that weird um, yeah. you just talk that's what a relationship should be though isn't it well I don't know like don't we have um, we do stream stuff yeah. you know um, so but yeah we talk a lot I don't know what we talk about but we talk a lot <laughs> do you know and we, like, we would always yeah. get up early in the morning to have a chat like uh, so if that means because Jamie's out of the house a lot early in the morning um, like if that means we're getting up at five to have a coffee chats. and a chat yeah, you we do that. you know I don't know whether he wants to but <laughs> <laughs> shaking up to get up are you awake yeah. you know but yeah, so that's don't know, I think that sums it up lovely thanks very much are you copying me accent lovely oh, I always say that Jimmy yeah. makes fun of me that's yeah. my word thanks very much